Hello. Here, in the shadow of the Black Mountains, whenever the velveteen rain falls in its varying intensities, it is directed away from the barn by gutters and downpipes and disappears as if by magic into soakaways. It slowly percolates its way into the adjacent stream and thence the River Wye in precisely the same fashion it would have done anyway had its progress not been temporarily impeded by its appointment with my roof. A glance to the bank across the other side of the stream reveals the reason these soakaways work so effectively, layer upon layer of soft, porous stone. Our location is quite fortuitous in this regard, since the dense clay substrates of not too far hence can cause problems for soakaways after heavy rain. Now, although the Black Country lies several leagues distant, this is but a hop on a geological scale, so no great surprise that the limestone, sand and other minerals found around these parts may broadly correlate with the deposits upon which Dudley and the surrounding area nestle. The story of how the Dudley limestone beds were laid down is just part of a dramatic opera played out in various acts over Earth's 4.5 billion years of history that also saw plate tectonics entering stage left, volcanoes from stage right, and all manner of special effects adding to the marvel that we see today in the formation of coal deposits, clays, iron ore, sand and more. The Dudley limestone was formed around 425 million years ago, recent research suggesting it may even be 2 to 3 million years older, in a time the geologists call the Silurian period. At this stage of Earth's development, the whole of the Midlands was a warm, shallow sea on the edge of a great ocean. As sea creatures with calcareous shells died, their remains sank to the bottom and were entombed with mud in a steady fall lasting millions of years. A species of trilobite, Calimony blumen bachii, was so prevalent it was to become known as the Dudley Bug and incorporated into the town's coat of arms. Eventually the mud solidified to create limestone. Huge deposits were laid down and layers of the same limestone extend below the surface out to the west where they crop out again as exposures over 19 miles long at Wenlock Edge in Shropshire. The primeval sea retreated and life moved on to the land. This eventually became vast swamps with lush vegetation and bustling with life, including huge dragonflies and creeping spiders such as Eophronus, the cosily spider. When these died, they fell into the rotting mud of the swamp and were recorded in the rock we call coal. In the stagnant pools and backwaters, iron minerals began to form, eventually to become rich layers of ironstone. Many seams of coal and ironstone were formed, interspersed with layers of other materials, including fireclays. As these layers built up, the earlier ones sank deeper and deeper and deeper below the ground. The plates of the earth crashed together, folding the crust and pushing up the limestone through the later rocks to form Castle Hill and nearby Wren's Nest Hill. This process of plate tectonics also caused the crust to tear and a volcano burst through at what is now Pensnet. It is this rich layer cake of minerals that entrepreneurs exploited and the area became one of the earliest principal iron making centres. The bountiful supplies of fire clay were used to make the bricks that line furnaces. Similarly, it could be fashioned into melting pots for glass making. There was also toki or blue clay or etrurium marl as the geologists call it, which when baked in the hottest part of the oven 
produced a brick that was largely impermeable to water and therefore ideal for use along the new inland waterways. The beds of sand were laid down 250 to 200 million years ago in the Permian and Triassic period when huge swathes of the Earth's crust came together to form a vast supercontinent called Pangaea. The Midlands area was now far inland, so the rains rarely arrived, and it became a desert surrounded by the Mercian highlands. Flash floods and seasonal rivers washed thick deposits of sand and gravel down from the highlands to where the rivers lost their power and fanned out in the basin below, interspersed with other gravels and deposits brought in via a river entering from the south. The pebble layers are exposed widely, and a particularly clear example can be seen on the left when ascending Brawley Hill Road towards Brawley Hill. The searing winds of these ancient deserts also left fossilised sand dunes, splendid examples of which are found at Kinver Edge. The final act of our geological opera belongs to the Ice Age. Having bulldozed their way across the land for the previous 2.6 million years, the vast ice sheets up to six kilometres thick finally retreated about 12,000 years ago as the climate warmed. In the 19th century, remains of woolly mammoth were discovered in sand pits at Amblecote. Today, fine examples of fossils, rocks and minerals from all the geological ages of the Black Country can be seen at Dudley Archives and local history centre. There are, it must be said, those who question such interpretations and believe this is all the work of a creator, the Almighty. Whilst I personally favour the scientific explanation, I readily concur that when one tries to reconcile a mass of land somewhere around where we now know as the Horn of Africa, there's a semi-tropical element I alluded to earlier, drifting on a molten Earth's core to form what we now call Castle Hill and Wren's Nest Hill, well, sometimes the notion of an overseeing deity becomes quite compelling. And there's a further aspect so magical it's difficult to comprehend that it happened purely by chance. The raw ingredients for an industrial revolution were found here not only adjacent to each other and in abundance, but in folds that brought the outcropping near the surface and consequently relatively easy to access. Thus were the people of the Black Country bestowed with a means to unleash incredible wealth and prosperity, together unfortunately with much misery and privation, uh, that was to give rise to the proud boast that if it wasn't made here, it wasn't made anywhere in the world. This accident of nature, for that is indeed what it is, attracted men of science to try and fathom it all, and in a lecture held in the Seven Sisters Mines in Dudley in 1849, Sir Roderick Murchison declared... In no small part of England are more geological features brought together in a small compass than in the environs of Dudley. Sir Roderick Impey Murchison, 1792 to 1871, was a Scottish geologist who first defined and described the Silurian period. And here we return full circle to where we started. He named the era after an ancient Celtic tribe of the Welsh borders, the Silures. His 1839 book, The Silurian System, was based on his work in and around the Black Country and his principal evidence was found at Dudley, where he extolled the significance of the area's geology and fossils to the extent that he became known as the King of Siluria. And now, almost two centuries later, Sir Roderick's faith has been vindicated with proposals for the area to be designated with the UNESCO Global Geopark status.
If, when, the status is granted, this will be a fitting accolade for a unique geomorphology that has not only identified the region around the world, but which has been instrumental in forming the very character of its people. On the grandest of scales, the ground beneath our feet truly defines us. And, at a substantially more pragmatic level, I am rather grateful that it also helps keep my house dry. <laughs> Enjoy your black country, and do join me again soon for more Tales from the Barn.